of Oklahoma City, you're tuned in to the Good Trash Media Network Dead Center Film Festival Special Edition. Good Trash Media will be bringing you all the Dead Center coverage you could ever want. For more information, go to GoodTrashMedia.com. I'm Alexander Bohannon from Good Trash Media, and this is Ben Steinbauer, and he's the director of... The Superlative Light. Yes, so he's about to explain to me the process of this installation that is taking place at IAO Gallery. Uh, Yeah, so uh, the installation is called The Superlative Light, a film in four parts, and um, it's basically a deconstruction of a short documentary film uh, that I made called The Superlative Light. It is uh, about the photographer Robert Schultz, who uh, made a book of photographs uh, by the same title, by the same name, and um, the photos are of a laser in the basement of the physics department at the University of Texas, which when it fires for like, you know, the fraction of a second is the brightest light in the known universe. And um, so I wanted to make a short film about about Robert, not only because I liked his photos, but because he used to be homeless. And uh, based on the success of his photography career, he and his wife just bought their first house. So the 12-minute short is about a artist who goes from being homeless to homeowning. Um, and when I was uh, first in pre-production on the film, uh, I live in Austin, Texas, and we had a meeting with a startup company down there who uh, offered to give us half the budget if we also shot the film in virtual reality. So um, so we decided to make the choice to, to basically shoot the film both ways. So we have a two-dimensional version that you can play at you know, traditional cinemas or watch on your laptop. And then we also have a virtual reality version that you can watch uh, you know, on the Oculus Rift or Gear VR headsets. And then once we had made that decision, because the subject of the film, Robert Schultz, is a documentary photographer, he decided that he wanted to take photos and make a new series about us reenacting these scenes from his life. So he was on set making photographs. And so at that point, we had kind of three different takes on this story. And then um, to capture all of the madness that was happening, we made a making of that just described uh, the, the process. So uh, this is uh, the second time we've, we've done this installation. And you can basically deconstruct the nature of documentary and photography by watching this film through four different lenses. This is incredible. I, I, I mean, I just can't say how in awe of this this concept I am. This is so fascinating. So how did you get started in uh, this this field, like filmmaking? Or were you, did you come at this from a filmmaking perspective or were you a photographer first? No, I, I'm a film director. Okay. Um, and I have been for, you know, over 15 years. Oh, and wow. so okay. virtual reality wasn't really something that <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. was in my purview. But um, like I said, we had this meeting with a startup in Austin who are, uh, it's run by some friends of mine. And they basically gave us half the budget if we would also shoot it in virtual reality. And, and uh, so it was a great opportunity for me yeah. to um, get to you know, work in a new medium. Yeah. So what are some considerations that you have to take um, into your, into your uh, like processors whenever you're contemplating virtual reality versus like a 2D uh, format? You know, VR is so new that I think it's, there's no language for it yet. So it's very similar to when film was invented. Um, you know, people when they first used to look at um, projected film strips, 
Like there's a famous example of a, one of the earliest films was a shot of a train pulling into a station and audiences used to dive out of the way thinking the train was like coming at them and come off the screen. And virtual reality is a little bit similar um, in that people aren't used to seeing it yet and that our bodies get very disoriented from you know, being able to look at something in 360 degrees. Um, so I think that's the biggest consideration is you know, asking yourself questions like should we move the camera or keep it stationary or should it always remain at eye level or can we play around with having it up on the side of a building or down low on the floor. Um, and those questions are like you know, are being investigated now and I think will only continue to evolve and, and become more interesting as the technology grows. Wow, that's so incredible. So I'm going to go ahead and just start the process of working through the installation. You said you only have three parts here? Yeah, it's the show is actually called uh, a documentary in four parts. And unfortunately, at the gallery event tonight, there's only three of them represented. Um, I, I think the thinking was that the, the 2D or the sort of traditional documentary was part of the Oki Shorts program that, that played prior to the party. Um, but we the four parts are the, the 12 minute short film, uh, the virtual reality version of that same film, um, the photos, the, the film is about a photographer, and so he made photographs on set of us reenacting his life, and then we made a making of that explains uh, what the hell we're doing, <laughs> because it's fairly complicated. Yes, yes it is. So, okay, thank you for that roadmap. So, um, what I'll do now is watch you, uh, the parts that we have here, and then I'll return to you with any questions. My name is Robert Schultz, and I am a time traveler of sorts. In one way or another, every photograph is a document of the past. It could never represent anything else. People tend to talk about photographs freezing time or capturing a moment, but I don't think that's true. Each photo contains many moments, a small journey through a unique section of the past and now exists only in our memory. Today, when I tell people I used to be homeless, they generally can't believe it. When people peer into dark and mysterious places, what they invent is the stuff and substance of themselves that they have brought along on, on their own journey into the present. That is precisely the process of photography. So the question arises, in making this film, are we innocently traveling back in time? Or are we unknowingly altering the future? the behind-the-scenes making of and the virtual reality edition of the superlative light and um, wow that was incredible I haven't seen the the 2d version but it's really really fascinating what you can do with virtual reality um, yeah I, I think you can actually really analyze the text of the virtual reality film as compared to the 2d film um, it, it's kind of it kind of had a where's Waldo effect because I kept trying to find um, the IR the real 
real-life photographer and then like see him in conjunction with his counterpart. Uh, that was just me talking a lot, not actually asking you a question. Um, so I guess the question... Well, I, but I'm glad you picked up on that, actually, because that was very much intentional. Like, you sure. know, the, the thing with virtual reality is, that's so different is that you can look every direction. And so as a director, that's really challenging because you're used to, you know, working with a flat surface. And it's, you know, and then your job is to, you know, contain the magic to this very, like, restricted screen. And then suddenly when you can see everything in every direction, uh, we were asking ourselves questions like, well, how do you, you know, how do you give the viewer an experience that's not just, that's different from 2D, you know, when like, the scene is just playing out in one direction. So because the film is about a photographer, and who, who wanted to be making photos of the process anyways, our, our idea was, well, let's have him in the background of every scene that we're reenacting, the actual guy, so that he's taking photos. So then when the reveal happens that you that it's suddenly um, about him making these photographs, it, it sort of takes on a new meaning. And then, yeah. and then when, once we did that, we made the, the choice to also do the reverse. So when we are um, in interview with the actual photographer, we're in a gallery in Austin, Texas, and there's a window that looks down on the gallery, and the actor who plays the photographer in the reenactments is in the window of the gallery, shooting down to oh. One. I missed that one. Oh man, I love that. I love this purposefulness. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh man. So um, one of our primary mission at uh, my parent website is that we like we do some uh, review and critique, but our main thing is literary analysis. And this film is just ripe with analysis, and it makes me so happy to see like this intentionality with technology. I, and I think it's it's probably would you say that it's kind of like the new direction uh, for filmmakers? and like pushing the envelope I mean I mean I just love to hear your thoughts about it yeah I, I mean I think um, I think that it's certainly a new medium um, and you know I I'm way more interested in telling stories than I am in technology but this type of technology is interesting in that it grounds you in uh, in a place and so with this story in particular being a, a about an artist who goes from homeless to buying his first house as a result of these photos that he took of, of this very um, obscure laser it had all of these great locations and so when we set out to make the film and we had the opportunity to make it in virtual reality it seemed like a perfect fit because of the locations and then a really nice coincidence was that uh, it, it started to uh, get a little bit um, um, what's the right word Meta metaphysical or philosophical I guess about the nature of photography and so to sort of um, tell that story through a new medium and also so an old medium of, of photography <laughs> was was a lot of fun, and I do think that there's a lot. That's that's kind of why we have chosen and, and prefer to show the film in four parts because there is so much um, uh, material yeah, there. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Gosh, I'm sorry. I'm just uh, like when you go about the the metaphysical, the philosophical, the the ending statement. Whenever he's saying, you know, am I rewriting history? And he's questioning his own past because we got, um, you know, for those who haven't seen this piece especially in virtual reality you have these stills um, and then we see this perspective of these stills and they just flash across the screen and then some of them are the actor and some of them are him and I I'm really interested to hear about um, your past projects future projects um, yeah and like follow your work and everything yeah sure um, so I grew up in Oklahoma uh, oh, wow. but okay. then went to the University of Kansas and okay. studied filmmaking there and then um, with a few exceptions have basically been in Austin Texas ever since and I mainly make documentaries. Uh, I made a, a 
my only feature is called Winnebago Man, and that came out in 2010. Okay. And it's basically a, a comedy documentary, and, and what I really love are comedies. And so um, even though I mainly focus on documentary, they're usually uh, with some sort of like humorous twist. And with this film, this is a little bit more uh, serious, although there are like some kind of extreme moments of levity. Like I noticed you laughing when you were watching the VR version. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to remember at what point I, w I was, was laughing the, at. It was probably the um, portrait photographer scene. At yes, oh yeah, yeah. So that was that was so great. My favorite, I think probably my favorite part of all of it was just being able to look up and look down. All these different perspectives that you're able to get and it really, I mean, you feel there, there are a couple times I, I startle easily. So I was like, ah, uh, you know. <laughs> well, there's a, probably the, the best director work working in virtual reality right now is a guy named Chris Milk. Okay. And he uh, gives a TED talk that's really interesting that I would encourage you and all your listeners to uh, to check out. And in it, he basically talks about virtual reality being an empathy machine because it literally puts you in the shoes and gives you the perspective of other people. And um, and he has teamed up with the UN and they're doing these films about like Syrian refugees or uh, child soldiers. And That's and, so brilliant. Yeah, and so in a way it's like very journalistic and like uh, very very powerful for like you know um, transporting the viewer to a new space like in a way that I think film probably was at first when people first watched it yeah. you know you know 120 years ago when it was first invented but um, that was a big digression I'll, I'll just I don't care I want to hear it all <laughs> okay. um, so I, I think your original question was like what is my work like and I and ma and mainly I'm I always look for extreme characters you know and that's that's who I'm interested in are like people that are doing something very unconventional who basically get what they want but uh, it looks very different than uh, how they imagined it to be and so the technology is not usually interesting to me or as interesting as the story and so in this case it was a really nice like uh, a combination of both because we were able to tell the story about an extreme character who goes through this like you know really trying circumstance of being homeless and comes out the other side as a success but would have never predicted how that was going to happen but it, but it just so happened to intersect with this kind of uh, chance meeting that I had to be able to make the film in virtual reality and I think that uh, all four parts really complement each other in this really interesting way so hopefully your viewers in some way can see all four parts to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. So if there was a way um, to see any of the parts, I mean of course I'd love to see have everyone be able to see like the VR plus the photos and the 2D and the you know behind the scenes yeah. making of. Um, but is there any way they can at least uh, watch one part of this online? Yeah. yeah, it's not online yet. But our production company um, that I'm a founding member of is called The Bear, the Bear. and we're based in Austin, Texas. And our website is thebear.us. So if uh, it's again, it's not there yet. But in, hopefully, we're talking to some distributors, and within a few months, we hope to have all four parts on online that will be able to be accessed through our company's website. Yeah, and then um, people, because I, one of my really good friends, he has a, a VR headset for his Edge, and I noticed that you guys were using Edges in that headset. So, yeah, I mean, so people could then download that file and then view it through a viewer, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, VR is kind of where uh, VHS or beta used to be back like in the late 80s, you know, where um, Samsung is kind of winning out, although most everybody uh, that I am friends with has still has iPhones. So it's a little tricky to know like what platform is going to win. Um, 
but regardless, you should be able to watch it, you know, through either Google Cardboard or uh, Oculus, you know, with yeah. the Gear VR set. I have to ask if there are any VR works on your horizon or if this is just going to be, you know, one-off project. Um, we make a lot of commercials to fund our, our film projects, and uh, it's a really big thing with brands right now to want VR content, and they don't even really know what to do with it, but they just know that they <laughs> want, want it. it. Exactly. So probably the next VR piece that I do will be commercial related. Um, that uh, that said, I, I think that there's like tons of potential for new stories. I just don't have one necessarily. My next film that I'm making is kind of like a Spinal Tap at Spinal Tap esque comedy about a child preacher. A child preacher. Okay, now it's I gotta hear about this premise. Your your pitch, your elevator pitch here. Um, well, it's uh, it's basically the uh, documentary Marjo um, crossed with uh, Waiting for Guffman. And so, if you guys don't know either film, you should check them out and just imagine what that could look like. Is there anywhere on social media that our people could find you if they're yeah, interested totally. in your work? Uh, I'm on Instagram at Ben Steinbauer and Facebook is Ben Steinbauer. And then again, our, our company is called The Bear. So, and our website is thebear.us. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and this is Alexander Bohannon from Good Trash Media. And um, I just experienced a amazing film. Ah, I don't know. I can't even express. It's like a kind of a religious experience. We got into the the metaphysical there, and uh, that was transcendent. I think. I am. Anyway, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for tuning in to this special presentation from Good Trash Media. For more information on the Dead Center Film Festival, go to deadcenterfilm.org. For more information on the Good Trash Media Network and all of our family of shows, go to goodtrashmedia.com.